Hey, Jen Banks here. This is the podcast A is for Adversity, and I'm going to talk about being more intentional about our thoughts and our goals so we can make our lives happen instead of letting life happen to us. This is episode number 21, Time. The sponsor for this episode is The Rustic Touch. And as we are nearing the end of the school year, now would be a great time to contact her for a gift for that favorite teacher, coach, and anyone else of influence in your life. Her products make amazing gifts. And if you can't think of anyone else, get a gift for you. Just as a reminder, we see our thoughts as truth. And while we are allowed to believe whatever we want, it would be wise to choose the thoughts that would lead us to our desired outcomes or our actions. I've talked before about the thought, I'm busy. And before we go into that, I have a quote. It's by Khalil Gibran, and he says, No matter how busy people are, they are never too busy to stop and talk about how busy they are. (laughs) When we keep I'm busy as a thought, it leads us to be frantic, sloppy, constantly worrying about what we need to get done, disorganized, all of those negative things. Keeping the thought, I'm busy, doesn't change how busy we are. Complaining doesn't lead us to the actions that we desire. A new thought we can try on is, I have enough time for the things I put first, or for the things that matter most. This will lead to us prioritizing, being more efficient, being more present in what we're doing at the current time, and as a result, not worrying as much about what's going to happen in the future or if we're going to run out of time. Why worry about a future problem before it actually happens? We've all heard the rocks in a jar analogy. If you have a selection of rocks and you're trying to fit them into a jar, it makes the most sense to put the big ones in first, then the medium ones, then the small ones, and even a scattering of sand will fit in between the rocks. If you do it the opposite way and try to put in the gravel and the pebbles and the larger rocks, they will not fit. It is only when we put those rocks or our biggest, most important things first that everything else falls into place. A talk that has been quoted many, many times is Good, Better, and Best by David A. Bednar. In my judgment episode, I talked about choosing between the good and the good. Sort of similar concepts. Most of the time, all the things we have to do are very important. Unfortunately, there's just not enough time to get every single thing done. We have to choose what's really, really important to us and to our value system. Now, I'm not saying your days aren't full and that we can just drop off everything that we have and sit around, but we do need to recognize the limitations of time. Sarah McKenzie from Teaching from Rest said, if God expected you to get 36 hours worth of work done in a day, he would have given you 36 hours to do it. If you have more to do than time to do it in, the simple fact is this, some of what you are doing isn't on his agenda for you. I love that reminder. (laughs) Another quote that goes along with this is, There aren't enough hours in the day, so I end up robbing a few from the night. We would do well to examine our lives and contemplate what is truly important and what we truly need to be spending our time on. Now I'm going to speak to a few areas I see this show up in, this being the issue of not enough time. The first is self-care. You've heard me on my soapbox about self-care and how important it is in my eyes. I've told Jared before that if there's not enough quote-unquote time, to have some self-care, I'm going to hire a nanny because I know that I can't take care of my family as well if I'm not taking care of myself first. 
Many years at Christmas time, it almost seems like there's an unwritten theme to the gifts that I receive. My first year of teaching, it was white chocolate. I'm not one who likes white chocolate, so my husband got to eat it all, which works out because white chocolate is actually his favorite. The next year, it seems like I got tons and tons of pairs of fuzzy socks. How many of those do we really need? And this past year, it happened to be bath bombs. My birthday is pretty close to Christmas, so many friends gave me bath bombs for my birthday, and other friends gave me bath bombs for Christmas. Could also have had to do with the fact that I was pregnant, who knows, but a lot of the times I can't even find time to take a bath. (laughs) So that's one thing I'm working on. At least I get to shower. This also brings up the should problem. I should have more time to myself. Remember, should leads to contemptful and begrudging thoughts. Woe is me comes to mind. If you make the time for self-care and it's a priority for you, you'll have the time. The next area is cleaning. Phyllis Stiller said, cleaning the house while your kids are still growing is like shoveling the walk while it's still snowing. Isn't that so true? But even if it feels like we're not keeping up on it, I know that us being an example to our children is beneficial in and of itself. Also, I know I'm more motivated to keep it clean when it is clean. Goes back to that momentum episode where if we're staying clean and striving for that, it'll be cleaner than if we were not being clean and we were tempted to just throw our dirty clothes on the floor, put our dishes in the sink, and so on. Is your snowball rolling uphill or down? There's another quote that says, my idea of housework is to sweep the room with a glance. (laughs) So unless that's your philosophy, I have five tidy tips that I came up with. Listen for the number in each item, because I think I'm clever. Number one, one in and one out rule. A while back, I organized my closet and I got rid of a lot, a lot, a lot of my clothes. And I've promised myself that now, whenever I buy a new shirt... I will get rid of a shirt. If I buy a new pair of pants, I will get rid of a pair of pants. So on and so forth with clothing. It's good to apply this to any area of our life. If we get a new kitchen item, get rid of a kitchen item. Or a new piece of artwork, get rid of a piece of artwork. If we get a new book, we donate an old book. While this may not apply to every situation, I feel like it's a good way of moderating the amount of things that come in and out of our house. Okay, number two. Define what cleaning means to you. My mom pointed this out to me when I was growing up because her definition of clean did not match my father's. (laughs) My mom's idea of clean is you look around, there's nothing there, everything is in its place, it's tidy. My dad's idea of clean is to stack things in piles and sort of rearrange the stuff but not really clean it. My idea of clean is kind of everything out of sight. So if it's in a closet, great. You forget about it, and then when you have time, you go and organize the closet. But I really like it to be presentably clean. And I've said before, too, I'm kind of a minimalist, so that helps keep it clean as well. This might be a fun topic for date night. (laughs) Or maybe not. Maybe it would be walking on eggshells. Okay, number three. Clean three times per day at meals. This seems to work for me, especially with young kids. Oftentimes, my kids take longer to eat than I do. So while they're finishing up their food, I'm loading the dishwasher or giving the kitchen a quick sweep, putting in a load of laundry, putting the leftovers away. It just seems to make sense to me to clean those three times in the day. And if I get nothing else done cleaning wise that day, I've been successful. Number four, a place for everything. (laughs) This goes back to 
mine and my mom's definition of clean is putting everything in its place. And if it doesn't have a place, make one. Get some bins and organize or take the time to put something back where it goes. This makes a world of difference. Instilling this in your children and having them know where everything goes and and showing them that each thing has its spot. And the last one, number five, doesn't really have a number correlation, but it has a rhyme. Five alive. Make sure whatever level of cleanliness you have is livable. It'll be so much easier to maintain if it's something that makes sense to you, that you're able to live like that and not feel like you're going out of your way to clean. And if you need to, hire a housekeeper. Do a trade with someone where they clean your house and you exchange something in return. Or another idea I heard recently was get together with one of your friends, clean your house one week on a particular day and clean their house the next week on a particular day. The person who suggested this didn't like mopping the floor, so her friend would come and do it for her while they visited and had the soda, and then the next week they'd go clean an area of her house. I really liked this and thought it could be a way to make things more fun. I saw this quote recently by Jess Carpenter, and she says, Moms really be like, should I clean up the toys, do dishes, fold laundry, scroll social media, vacuum, clean the toilets, catch up on 10 years of shows, eat a snack, exercise, work, spend quality time with my husband, or shower whenever we get five minutes of free time? (laughs) Try to fit it in wherever you can. (laughs) Another area that I see this show up in is sleep. There never seems to be enough time to sleep. (sighs) I could go on and on about this but you'll just have to wait because I'm going to do that in episode 27. So the last area I'll talk about today is just time in general. For time management and staying organized, my favorite app is Google Keep. It's similar to the notes section on your phone, but you can color code them and sort them, share them with your partner or a friend, and it's really handy. So I keep grocery lists on their meal plans, to-do lists, even mine and my spouse's wish list so that we can get gifts for each other on holidays and know what the other person is wanting. (laughs) Anyway, I highly recommend it. That's Google Keep. Henry Ford says, it has been my observation that most people get ahead during the time that others waste. And just as I'm sharing that, I'm remembering a quote that I heard in seminary one year regarding wasting time. And at the end, the thing that I remember is, that we shouldn't say we're wasting time, we should say that we're wasting me, wasting ourselves. Because really, we're the ones that have something to lose when we waste our time. Time could care less. (laughs) With the passage of time, I'm kind of going to go off on a little tangent, but I feel like it still relates. One of my science teachers in junior high talked about how we do others a disservice when we say to them, oh, that test was so hard. This is because they'll make meaning of our comment. They'll either take some extra time to study, which puts us at a disadvantage because we didn't spend that much time studying because we didn't have that heads up or tip off. And also, it's all relative. They might not think it's hard, or they might think it's harder than we thought. I saw this in my mission as well. As missionaries, you move around often, and when you get to a new area or find out that you're going to a new area, sometimes you would hear comments about it. Oh, that area is so hard. Oh, there's no one to teach in that area. Oh, that area is amazing. And comments like that kind of give you preconceived notions and judgment of something you don't know anything about. It could be way different for you. Maybe you find a hard area easy or an easier area hard. People are always moving, always changing. You have a different perspective, something different to share. 
So it's important to remember that we shouldn't taint things for other people, if that makes sense. Time will tell. They'll figure it out on their own. They'll learn what they need to. Everything's meant for everyone at a specific time. Before I share your weekly wisdom, I wanted to throw in one last quote I had in this section, and it's by Kermit the Frog, and he said, time's fun when you're having flies. Your weekly wisdom is anonymous, but I remember reading it on the wall of someone's bathroom and loving it. (laughs) And it says, the will of time imposes on us urgency of purpose. Omnipresent, it's the moving forward factor, the equalizer that favors none. Time is the pulse of ambition and achievement. That some succeed where others fail is due not to their defeat of time, but their skill at maneuvering within it. Have a most excellent week, and I will talk to you again soon.